you really need to understand them by talking to them. And that also on a personal level is really important, that you just need to talk to people and you need to ask the right questions. This episode is brought to you by my book, Speak From Within. Review what's inside and purchase it at isoldatcom slash speak hyphen book. Hello, and welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Isolde Trachtenberg. Whether you're writing the first sentence of a story or solving the climate crisis, you need to think in new ways. On the show, I interview peak performers who are coming up with those creative solutions. Through creativity, action, inspiration, and innovation, they're changing the world. I also bring you ideas and techniques that you can use to unlock your potential to do the same. And now, let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Isolde Trachtenberg. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you taking the time. I am so excited to talk to this week's guest, in part because he works sort of with musicians, and you know I'm a musician. So let me tell you about Falco Mortaboys. Falco Mortaboys is the vice president of fan experience at DICE. It's a leading music discovery and digital ticketing platform. Prior to joining DICE in 2021, Mortaboys worked in the world of sports for the legendary Manchester United Football Club. His mission was to bring fans closer to the club and the club closer to its fans using data insights and customer relationship management. I'm so excited to delve into that. That's so cool. Over the course of 10 years, he conceptualized and executed award-winning global fan engagement campaigns while developing insights, research, and an analytics ecosystem. Wow, how to use big data for fan engagement. I'm so excited. Before Manchester, Mortaboys worked at BBC Global News managing their web and social analytics, which covers over 30 language sites and 100 plus syndication partners. He managed large scale global primary qualitative research projects across five continents and regularly presented insights on global BBC World Service Radio. Born in Germany, he now lives outside London. Falco, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. Really looking forward to this conversation. I am so interested in what you do and I can't wait to delve into it, but I would love to sort of go back a little ways and ask you just the starter question, what got you interested in how data can work to engage people, to excite them, to bring them news? What is the, the sizzle of that for you and how did you get started? So I think I always was interested really in humans and human behavior. So um, for, for any company, it is really important to create relationships with their customers. And I think the, the relationships you create will ultimately define if you're going to be successful or not. And also as part of that, when you look at experience, um, I think the experience that brands provide are going to be equally as important as their products and services they offer. So data here plays a really important role because I think any relationship starts with curiosity. And that is on a personal level. Yeah, you can only form a relationship with um, a person when you're when you're interested in that person. And mm -hmm. the same um, also applies on, um, on on a business level. Yeah. So in order to really engage users, in order to provide a great experience, you need to understand the user first, and you need to um, need to need to uh, understand them on on a number of different levels. You need to understand behaviors. You need to understand emotions. You need to understand attitudes. 
Yeah, and I was always really interested in in finding out those um, the things and how it changes over over time and what the reasons are for change and how it is uh, different across different cultures or different different markets. So. Um, so that really got me into into the industry where I'm I'm in at the moment. That's so fascinating. And I love that you mentioned curiosity because that's one of the pillars of everything I do is getting curious and getting people curious. The thing is, that curiosity is something that changes depending on where you are. Like you said, you worked across five continents and the cultures of some of those places, what people are curious about, what they're into in India, say, may not be the same as what they're into in Hawaii in the USA. How do you account for that when you're trying to reach a wide audience? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, in order to do that, you really need to talk to customers or uh, we, we call them fans because they they have a strong emotional bond with the experiences that we that we enable. So you really need to understand them by talking to them. And that also on a personal level is really important that that you just need to, to, to talk to people and you need to ask the right questions and need, need to kind of observe behavior. And then based on that, you can... Um, you can identify similarities, you can identify uh, differences, and then act, in act accordingly to, to, to engage those audiences. So when you're talking about similarities, you have worked in a, a wide variety of places. You worked in the world of sports, you worked in the world of news, now you're in the world of fan engagement and excitement in, in the music world. Are there similarities across all three of those genres, I'll say, or is there a unique way of approaching fans for sports versus news versus music? Yeah, that is um, a really good question. So uh, I personally believe that there are a lot of similarities uh, there. So. Um, especially when we look at sports and at music, both are the most uh, or two of the most important aspects of our culture, being able to bring people together from different cultures, from different from different backgrounds. Um, and uh, fandom plays out um, in, in very similar ways. And that can be in music, that can be in sports, in film, in TV. So there are elements of kind of a sense of belonging that people feel um, when they when they're a fan of something. It's elements of identification, of participation, of interaction with with the the, the brand or the the subject of fandom, um, or also amongst other fans. So so ultimately, the way how fan plays out is often very similar. And um, uh, therefore, I think there are kind of the, the, the mechanics of engaging fans across sport and across music and life events is, is actually very similar. Um, now, there is a slight difference in kind of what I do now compared to Manchester United. So when you look at Manchester United and you look at the fans there, the relationship is a one-to-many relationship. So mm -hmm. there is one subject of fandom, the, the football club, and maybe a couple of different elements with players um, around that. But um, that club then engages millions and millions of people. Now, with music, it is slightly different than with live events because it is a many-to-many -many relationship. So um, here at DICE, we, um, we obviously match 
um, events like events to to audiences to to mm -hmm. their fans, but mm -hmm. there are different fan communities who are interested in different types of types of events. It might be electronic music, it might be indie, it might be arts and culture. Yeah. So um, so here is um, the key to this is really personalization. Kind of how can we provide a personalized experience and also personalized communication um, and 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 ways to build a community for those people. Uh, here at DICE. So it is slightly different. It's a, a, a lot more complex, um, I say, than working for, for a sports team. But um, but that actually makes it makes it really interesting because you you got to be smart about it. You got to be innovative and creative about it. How do you identify the right audiences, and um, how do you um, identify the the right events, and how do you bring both both together, um, as well as the artists and venues and the promoters and 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 all of those different different dimensions. That's so interesting because uh, t there's a psychology at work here that that fascinates me in 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 a football club like Manchester United, like you said, there are players who might be fan favorites, for example, and there. But then there are also fans who are fans of the team, and there I know people who, unless I wear this scarf, they're going to lose. I know people who feel oh, yeah. that strongly about their sports teams. <laughs> But at the same time, with music, you're you're in a you're in a slightly different way of looking at things. It's almost like there's a personal relationship with the musicians themselves because their music speaks to you. So when you're doing some of this, what you called customer relationship management, for through Dice for you know for the musicians that that you're serving in that way, how do you manage something? as personal as a song somebody loves or a song somebody might propose to or something like that. How does that work when you're talking about such a huge number of fans and such a lot of data? Yeah, so um, I think um, we we need to look at it from, from different angles. So first of all, there is a lot of responsibility uh, for us because looking at um, life experiences and the experience of seeing your favorite artist and, and uh, listening to your favorite song live um, is one of the most important uh, or can be one of the most important memories of somebody's uh, somebody's life yeah it is um, it is absolutely um, uh, absolutely important and there are loads of memories being created on that so we just um, at dice we want to make sure that that enabling those experiences and the whole experience around um, getting to the show and, and, and getting a ticket are the best that we can do because there's nothing worse than um, your favorite artist playing in town and uh, you struggle to get a ticket or you, you all of a sudden, uh, like all tickets are sold out and the only tickets available um, are via the secondary market with, with inflated prices. So, um, uh, so we try to to break down the barriers for fans to um, uh, to go to those life experiences and 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 see the the artists they love, but also discover new artists based on based on uh, their their listening behavior or based on what we know about them. So um, I think this is kind of this is key of of making the experience around um, around getting a ticket and attending event as as easy as possible for fans. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> My word for it is frictionless when it's an easy thing that I, I'm much yeah. more likely personally as a, as a musician myself and as a fan of music, I'm much right. more likely to do things if, if I don't have a tough time doing it. And yet, let's say you said, you know, there's nothing worse than trying, you know, your favorite artist is coming to town or is in town and you don't have a ticket. Do you, how do you reach out to fans to tell them that their favorite artist? Is it something that they have to do through Dice or is it something that Dice does reaching out on social or through NFTs? I know NFT is kind of a bad word right now, but maybe someday it won't be again. What do you do to engage the fans who might not know about Dice to begin with? Yeah, so obviously we... Um um, we work with with a number of of, of partners to, to drive awareness of dice, but ultimately we want to get people on dice. And then um, how the product is being created is is very unique um, in the industry. So um, maybe let me talk from my experience. I I, I really I really love to go to gigs. Yeah, and I always had the problem to really know when something is going on. And when I went on the main main websites, which listed all gigs in one location, there was so much noise and it was very difficult to find the ones that I actually wanted. And then I realized that I missed um, some artists I really would have liked to see. Mm. So on Dice, when users, um, so the, the experience plays are primarily via, via an app. People download the app. People then can connect their music library. Uh, they can follow artists. They can follow venues. Um, and based on that information, a, a personalized feed is being curated within the app, um, highlighting all the shows that um, uh, that are being played, um, kind of of artists uh, that that you've listened to, that you've followed, but also then recommending similar events that you mm. you may be interesting in in discovering. So the whole way of surfacing relevant events to to fans. Is, is much more much easier on, on, on dice due to the personalization. And we recently ran um, a global survey and asked about kind of the power of the recommendations and 83% of the respondents said that, uh, that those recommend recommendations are, are highly relevant, that they discovered new, um, new experiences and new, new events on dice and new venues that they really like and that they've gone, gone back to, um, uh, gone, gone back to. Um, and also, um, uh, as a result of that, um, that people have gone out more and have gone out uh, to see more shows. So Dice's mission is to get people out more because it has, uh, because we feel that going out makes people feel good and feel happy. So, um, so yeah, those are really good numbers. And also a very large chunk of, of, of ticket sales comes from this recommendation feature. So this is kind of first of all to make sure that people know about events and these um the the platform then also feeds into the the communication program so we have a, a number of different automation set up to make sure that when an artist plays that you are interested in that you'll hear about it when you've opted into our marketing communications yeah and then you receive a push notification when a pre-sale is being announced when uh, something goes on sale you can actually get a reminder um uh, to to hear when or to be notified when something uh, is going on sale, um, and then we kind of support the event through the life cycle when users have saved the events that remind them when when tickets are are running low and maybe they want to to purchase it now. So um, it's kind of to make sure that on the one hand um, fans don't don't miss a gig, but then also that they can discover uh, new experiences. 
I'm, I'm taking a second. You might hear dead air here for a second. I don't call it dead air. I call it anticipatory air because I'm taking a moment to sort of synthesize everything you've said. This is so, I, I keep saying interesting and fascinating because as a musician myself and playing gigs, getting, you know, making sure that your audience knows where you're playing. I, it's lovely that I, I would love to not always have to depend on my own social channels to get people that information and and yet something that i'm that i'm interested in you were mentioning that there, that you were talking about uh the sort of the fan experience before during and after the show how does that work after is there is there a feature on dice where fans can give for example reviews of the show or talk about the show that they just went to like for example i i saw lizzo uh at madison square garden when she was here in september and i put on my social channels, oh, she was great, this was great, this was the set list, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it reached my followers, but I don't know, maybe if I talked about her on my podcast, it would be different because I have this platform. But what about people who don't have a platform? Is there a way to reach out and tell other people about their experiences and how everything went after the show? Yeah, so um, after every show, we send out um, a survey and ask um, how it was. Yeah, mm. and we ask how uh, how the, the performance was, uh, what they thought of the venue. Um, we ask how the dice app worked for them, and we ask what the favorite moment of the show was. Mm. So to really get feedback, also on the quality of the of the events we 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 have available on dice, and then we see many many users on the back of this survey uh, kind of going to a review site and and leaving a, a positive review, or uh, we see them uh, going going on social. So um, so I think there is kind of. Um, letting people talk about their passions and um, giving great feedback of the show is really important. But I would go like a step um, before. So um, I've had many of my my friends and my network talk about great shows, um, and they posted something on 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 Twitter. Uh, and and my my question was always like, Hey, uh, great that you went to the show, but why didn't you tell me? I would have joined you. So, um, <laughs> so and, 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 you know, so I think we, we focus a little bit all, uh, on, on, on the, the pre-show um, experience. So uh, on DICE, so DICE has a number of, of social features, um, which I think are, are great because uh, you can build your own uh, friend network on DICE mm. and you can invite uh, your friends to, to a show. You can share an event. Um, you can also, um, and you, you, you're also being um, notified when your friend has just bought something. And that is absolutely important, I think. So in the survey I've mentioned previously, with, um, where we asked our global fan base on what they think about dice, we also asked about barriers for, for not going out more. And um, obviously money reasons are, are often a barrier. Um, so we're kind of addressing that with, with a number of uh, free and low cost events. But the other, um, uh, the other element that was mentioned by 28% of respondents was that, that they would like to go out more to gigs, but uh, they don't have anyone to go with. Mm. And, uh, and, and this is something that um, I think where there is a real opportunity to um, utilize those social features just to shout out about the events you want to go to and invite, invite your network to come along mm -hmm. because... Um, uh, there's nothing uh, comparable to to experiencing 
events like those together in community of like-minded people. So, um, uh, so, so yeah, this is kind of how we how we're addressing it. Yeah, I love that because I know I I end up posting on various social. Hey, I'm going to go to the show. Who wants to go? And then it becomes a huge. Yep sort of rigmarole trying to get everybody organized and it is. So I think that's great that Dice is doing that. Let me ask you, this is a kind of a, a pinpointed question, if you will, very detail oriented I am. Uh, if I buy a ticket on, uh, you know, and, and I post about it, uh, hey, I bought this ticket to go see Lizzo. I'll use her as an example again. If, if one of my friends wants to buy a ticket, what is the chance that they're gonna be able to get a ticket right near me? So um, right. So um, many of the events we're working um, we're working with are events where it's it's mainly um, mainly standing. So it's not with like looking at a, at a seating plan or so. It's uh -huh. obviously a, a bit of a bit of a challenge. Yeah, when when tickets are being sold. Mm -hmm. But uh, many of the events we're working with, it's kind of standing space mainly, mm -hmm. um, and um, that obviously makes things easier. You can hook up. Uh, just before before the event, and then you're you're close uh, close together. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's more like a dance club kind of thing, I guess, than than a seated venue. That makes I mean that makes a lot of sense. So yeah. I'm gonna I, I want to pivot just a second. You you had mentioned something that I went ah okay. So you were talking about that that this way of discovering musicians that are similar. If you can talk about it, because you sound like a, you, you're a data guy. You sound like you're very interested in statistics, which I love. So let me let me ask you a question. When when Dice recommends other artists, let's say uh, let's let's go somewhere else. We'll go uh, Sarah Vaughn when she was alive. So let's say I love Sarah Vaughn and I was using Dice to go see Sarah Vaughn, and then Dice would recommend other performers who are similar to Sarah Vaughn. What are the touch points on that? What what does Dice look for in an artist so that they can recommend other artists to me? Yeah, so I think there are there are loads of different data points that feed into that model. So we can, firstly, it's obviously a genre, um, and uh, we have we have created um, uh, a lot of different genres and subgenre tags to uh, classify artists and then um, understand uh, similarities with with other artists and kind of how they are um, kind of how, how they are almost like conceptually connected. Mm. Um, it depends very much on the user of what they've uh, listened to, so the, the genres there, the the artists. It looks like it, it depends on um, uh, the venues they've previously been to, the artists they follow, the venues they they, they follow, um, the purchases they've made. Um, it also has um, it also feeds in what their friends are doing, yeah, what what events they are they're going to. So mm. um, so loads of different data points which which feed into those those models. Yeah, it's so interesting to me because you know if if I love if I love jazz and say I love Miles Davis and he has passed on as well, there is no way for Dice to know because I haven't seen. You know, there's no way for me to have seen Miles Davis perform any time in the last 30 years or whatever. So uh, if if that's the case, is that something that Dice might be able to do? Is that some is there some way for a fan to, again, share about performers who might not be touring, but who would who would. Uh, be favorites, the Beatles, you could say, whoever it is, you could yeah. say, they, okay, they don't tour anymore, although pa Paul McCartney, I think, just did, but uh, but I love that kind of music. Is there a way for Dice to do that? And if so, how? 
Yeah, absolutely. This is where the music library comes in, right? So if you listen to Apple Music or if you use Spotify or so, you can connect to those libraries. Ah, and okay. then um, those libraries share all the artists that you have, that, that you have played and all the artists you follow, uh, follow. Yeah. So obviously the fan needs to connect those. The fan needs to invest in the platform a little bit by, mm -hmm. by, um, by giving us the signal that allow us to, to provide those personalized recommendations. Um, and yeah, so we would uh, would very would probably pick up that you've listened to Miles Davis um, uh, on 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 one of uh, the, those music streaming services, mm -hmm. and um, then know that you are you have an affinity to jazz music, and uh, you would be recommended jazz events. Okay, yeah, that yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense because because I'm going hmm, I, I as you might be able to tell, I love jazz, and so <laughs> so I'm like hmm, how would how would Dice know when when some jazz person? And let me ask, actually, let me ask you, what about emerging artists? How does Dice deal with people who are first starting out who might be on their way to making a splash but haven't quite gotten there yet? Yeah, so um. Uh, so also here, I think it depends where um, uh, kind of where those events take place. Um, mm -hmm. If we already see an affinity with our um, with our fan base um, on um, uh, for for those artists, for the venues they're playing, for the genre those uh, those artists are representing. Um, so there is also an artist development um, program where we are working working directly with artists um, mm. to kind of support them on their journey. That is awesome. I love that because I, you know, elevating artists and creative work is, as you might guess from the Creative Solutions podcast title, one of, again, one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, I would love to, if you don't mind, step back just a little bit and say, okay, so here we are. You're, you're, this Dice is a platform that can reach a global audience. And you have reached a global audience in 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 previous uh, facets of your career, but you made this you made these transitions from sports to news to music. Can I ask you what drove you? What curiosity? I'll ask it this way: What curiosity drove you from one to the next, and where do you see your curiosity taking you into the future? <laughs> Uh, that's a that's a great question. So, um, so I always was interested in um, in many different things. And looking at my professional career, what always was really important to me was that um, I want to work for a company and a brand that makes a positive co um, contribution to uh, to the world, to to the community. And I think looking at news, sport and music, that is that is really the case. So um, I think when I was very early on in my career at the BBC, one of um, uh, one of the senior management team said that he truly believes that unbiased news and independent news can, can uh, make the world a better place. Um, and I truly believed in that. And then when I joined, uh, joined football um, or, or, or soccer, um, how you call it in the US, um, I also uh, really believe that that um, sports is so important for people. It is such an important uh, factor in their life. I mean, we we also did some research, and people are more likely to to leave their wife um, or their their uh, partner um, 
or get estranged from their family than changing allegiance to to their favorite sports team. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so there is a such a strong, yeah, there's such a strong, uh, strong connection there. And um, it gives it gives uh, people hope. It gives people uh, yeah, a sense of belonging, like I mentioned before. It's a really important part of their identity and also entertains them. Um, and and uh, when you have a global reach, you can you can obviously um, work towards the better. Yeah, about kind of um, showing that that we are all connected by those passions. And I think the same is true for for music and for for what Dice does. So um, we we noticed that, um, or we 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 spoke to fans, and a common theme that that always comes up is that people like to go out um, because they feel it is good for their mental health. Especially looking what we've been through over the last years. So I mean, sure. even going back like 15 years ago or so, when social media promised that it would bring people together from different backgrounds and connect us all, it seems like this this promise hasn't fully materialized. And there are reports of loneliness, of isolation, and we feel less emotionally connected to each other. And then came the COVID pandemic and also here and everybody has their own personal story, but um, people felt felt lonely um, and isolated. So I feel that the pendulum is almost like swinging back to real human connection again and going out and um, experience something uh, together with others um, and being in a physical space. So. Uh, physical proximity rather than social distancing, yeah, um, has a massive positive impact on people's well-being. And this is kind of what what Dice wants to to enable those human connections. And I think this is uh, a lovely mission to get people out more and and ultimately to feel uh, to to make people feel feel happy. Um, so so that kind of was my motivation for for joining dice and I almost see it as a it's kind of uh, it like it builds from news to sports now to to live events and music so um uh, so so yeah i think this um this kind of was my motivation to uh, to 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 move uh, although i've had uh, like a terrific time at pretty much every single place that i've worked um more power to you that's great <laughs> I don't know too many people who can say that they've had a terrific time everywhere they worked. Uh, but yeah, go you. Yeah, you know, but it is interesting to me that the psychology of belonging is something that I think about a lot and feeling like you belong. Uh, especially for me, especially with music, I've traveled all over the world playing out and I can sing a song in Swahili to people in Ireland and they will still enjoy it and get something out of it. So there's definitely a connection musically, regardless of whether or not you understand the words, people feel like they can, like they can connect over it, which I think is great. I do want to, again, pivot again, and I want to, I want to personalize it a little bit and ask you something. This is again the Creative Solutions podcast. So I want to ask you what kind of creative solutions you come up with. What's the first thing you do when things go wrong? When things, when you're faced with a problem, when the venue has a fire, when something happens, what is the first thing you do 
in order to come up with some of those lateral thinking out of the box stuff to solve those problems? Yeah, so um, so are you talking personally about kind of what I um, what I do um, uh, in in that role and looking at fan experience in in, in general, or is it um, more the, the the company you're interested in what we're doing there? Actually, both, because frankly, I mean, the company, I'm sure, has policies. What what happens if the the musician is ill and can't do the show? I'm sure there are policies in place for that. Uh, But also you personally, you know, I'm very interested in how we assess problems and how we when you're faced with it, what do you do to solve it? And how do you think? What's the first thing you do? So both are very interesting to me if you're willing to comment on both. Yeah. So, um, yeah, lovely. So I think. I think there are there are certain elements we're not um, in control of, but um, so personally and kind of on, on, on in a wider sense. But I think at everywhere where people get together, there might be um, a situation where a crisis arises or conflict arises. So for me, um, as as a team leader, having a, a, a fairly fairly large team, I am. Um, I just make, want to make sure that there are certain ways of kind of how we're dealing with conflict and how we are we're, we're solving things. So we're all here, we're all together to um, uh, well to to get stuff done at work, but also to have fun. Yeah. So probably with um, uh, with uh, we we're spending more time at work with our colleagues than with our partner sometimes. Mm. So um, so here there are I think there are a couple of rules, and it's just really the normal rules of. Um, of how people uh, interact. So, um, uh, in terms of creative solutions, I think it's a it's 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 the the, the old fashioned solution of communication. Yeah, of having um, honest relationships with with the people you're interacting with. Um, so, and to 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 make sure that um, that that you can almost predict when potential issues arising uh, arise. And that you look at the root cause of those um, of those conflicts, and then and then work work those out. Um, I don't I, I don't think that there are um, many innovative creative ways almost because it's just really the rules of of how people should um, should engage and interact uh, with each other of seeing the person yeah not not the role um, and and uh, kind of understanding that we we all want to to achieve the same thing so um i think this would be kind of one one of the the answer i would i would give um so i think that's that's pretty much it yeah be 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 human be approachable um be good at communication and and see really the person that you're dealing with um and there might be certain elements that uh, that you're not not aware of, but under, try to understand. And here we are about a kind of understanding your colleagues. Yeah, like it's need, need to understand the customers. That um, you understand the the the, the person behind um, be, behind the, the the colleague you're dealing with. Oh, thank you for saying that. I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Communication and empathy are key here. And and it is interesting because it seems to me that that's kind of 
what you've described dice as is that it's it's a it's almost like an empathetic friend who's there to who's there to show you cool things and and invite you to belong and i think that's great uh i'd love to know before i know i could keep keep you here all day talking about the psychology of all this this is so cool but i know you have a day to get back to so i'm wondering or an evening because you're you're in england i think and i'm here in new york city so uh so yeah let let me let me ask you there's there they say that tech doubles every 18 months right so things are constantly advancing and the fan experience has changed quite a bit between now and you know 40 years from now the first time i went my first concert was david bowie so i can tell that tells you how old i am and so so you know that it's changed a lot it's changed a whole lot since then but the question i have is with things being as you said very personalized and yet we have so much technology how do you envision the fan experience evolving moving forward a year five years ten years what are your thoughts on that yeah so i think there are certain elements that that will change and certain elements that will never change so um so as I mentioned, for kind of its its um, fan experience and the experience to um, attend live events, um, that I think is a fundamental human need, and I don't think that it will change uh, change in great ways because people people want to be uh, with other people. It is the the, the physical connection, the the direct uh, connection in real life mm. um, that um, cannot be replaced by anything digital. So um, uh, this, I think, um, uh, I think people will be going to to live events uh, in in forty years time, in a hundred years time. Mm-hmm. Now the technology comes in to enable fans to um, to 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 go to those experiences and maybe build something on top to have the the social element, to have um, the element of um, uh, of of getting access to those experiences. So um, to give you an example here, and this is kind of what is happening now, but um, it always has been a challenge when uh, tickets to gigs are being sold out and the only tickets available are um, are via the secondary market where, where, where you pay mm. like three or four times as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Dice created a system where, when an event is sold out, fans can join the waiting list. And then, when uh, users return or when fans return their tickets because they can no longer make it, it will be offered to fans on the waiting list on a first come, first served basis for the price it went originally on, uh, on sale for. So, Ooh, I love um, that. And, yeah, so this makes ticketing fair because. Um, we make sure that um, that uh, that real fans have um, access to 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 tickets to to see their favorite artists and to shows they love, um, and it it doesn't inflate any 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 prices and doesn't make attending events cost prohibitive. Mm. Um, so I really like the the the, the fair uh, nature of this, um, and then it's. Um, Kind of going forward, yeah. So obviously, how can how can social features be further developed? Um, how can ticket touting be further prevented? So Dice um, uh, just lets you uh, lets fans um, activate their tickets two hours before the show, which makes it pretty much 
impossible to 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 resell it to uh, kind of to to resell it um, at at increased prices um, to to other to other people. Yeah, so um, so that's a really fair way, and I think um, that's really where when where the industry um, should be going because. Uh, music and, and and life events are so important to people. Um, so we want want to make sure that the right people go can go to the right events, and that's good for for fans. It's good for venues, for artists, for promoters, pretty much for the entire ecosystem. I love that. Yeah, Billy Joel famously leaves the first few rows of his arenas empty and then invites the fans who are sitting way up high and invites them to come down. And he said that it's because he goes, you know, people who can afford those very front seats are often not even fans. There are people who are given those those as sort of, you know, uh, gifts or whatever. They show up, but they don't really care. And he said, I really want to play for the people who really want to be there. So I think it's really cool that DICE is doing that. And it, it, it sort of democratizes everything, which I think is great. Uh, yeah. Falco, I am so grateful that you took the time to be here. And I know you've generously said that you'll come back and do the quick bonus episode. But before we go, uh, I would love it if you would give if somebody wants to know more about Dice and and the app itself, where should somebody go to get in touch with you? And also, where can they get Dice if they want to find out more about Dice and how it works? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so Dice started obviously as a UK business, and we've expanded now um, into Europe, into the US, and also recently into India. Um, the app is available on the Google Play and the iOS App Store. So um, uh, it is called Dice Live Shows. Um, and uh, that's kind of the easiest way just to kind of try it out and see what, what events are, are where, you, where you live. Yeah? So that's kind of the first step. If people want to get directly in touch with me, um, I'm on LinkedIn and um, I... I always try to respond to all of my LinkedIn messages. It is um, sometimes it takes a bit longer, mm. but if somebody wants to get in touch, yeah, most definitely. I'm really looking forward to hear from everyone. Um, and then, yeah, there our, our website is dice.fm. Uh, there is a great blog as well, explaining a little bit more about the company and and different elements, uh, the the culture at Dice, um, our our DEI initiatives, which are really really important at Dice, um, and loads of of information on on the company itself. Fabulous, Falco. Thank you so much. And I, again, appreciate you taking the time. I know you're going to come back and do the quick bonus episode that will air on Wednesday. And I want to ask you one last question. And it's a silly question, but I find that it can yield some profound answers. And here it is. If you had an airplane that could skywrite anything for the whole world to see, what would you say? Be kind. I love it. That's terrific. Oh, Falco, that's, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining me on the Creative Solutions Podcast. I appreciate you taking the time. We're going to be back in just a little bit to do the bonus episode. In the meantime, I am Isolde Trachtenberg for the Creative Solutions Podcast. If you have any questions, you know how to get a hold of me. I will be putting Falco's uh, LinkedIn link and also the Dice FM and maybe even a link to the app if I can figure out how to do that in the show notes. You're going to be able to find everything there. And until next time, as always, I remind you to be bold, be creative, and most of all, be kind.
Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. Please subscribe to the podcast if you're new, and it would mean the world to me if you told a friend about it. Today's episode was produced by Isolde Trachtenberg and is copyright 2023. As always, please remember this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Past performance does not guarantee future results, although we can always hope. Until next time, keep living what you believe in. Thank you.